0: Step right up, folks, see if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Hey, 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 and welcome everybody to another episode of Golf Pigs with the Plotniks. I am Dino the Pig, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, the farmer, Jared Plotnik. The players was a daunting task for everybody that, you know, maybe got a good... You know, got into the good wave, got into the bad wave, got lucky, didn't get lucky, got bounces, didn't get bounces. But overall thoughts on the players before we head into the Bar Championship.
1: Yeah, it was ugly. Um, pretty much with that being said, we got ponies going into Sunday. Three guys in the top eight. Just wasn't meant to be, but had a great matchups week. So we covered those outright picks anyways. Still a little in the green. And uh, hopefully... Uh, we don't have a tournament like that in a while because it was a pain to watch. Yeah, one of those
0: things that I think that we should probably harp on a little bit more. I know everybody would love to hit outrights as much as possible. Sure, guess what? We do too, and we've had success doing so. But golf isn't just you know a one-trick pony in terms of betting outrights. There are a lot other means of making money, and our full tournament matchups are pristine thus far. I know, speaking for myself... I have been, let's see, I got my numbers here. I have 14, 9, and 2, up four units at least so far in the six or so golf picks or the plonics episodes we've recorded. I know that you're certainly up a lot as well, so I just think it's important to touch on that there's a lot more to golf betting than just outright picks, but... It's also fun to win at right picks and to have ponies come Sunday. That's what we always talk about here. And we preach it to you guys on Golf Picks with the ponics. is if you have a pony come Sunday, that means you're doing something right. You got multiple, you're doing a lot of things right. Not every ball is going to roll your way. That's okay. Pick yourself up, get out, get your head out of the dirt and let's keep pushing forward. And looking forward, what we have is the Val Spar Championship, the last leg of the Florida swing. I'm sure a lot of people out there are saying, hallelujah. You know what? Honestly, I'm from Florida, born and raised my whole life. I know exactly how Florida golf is, and even I'm ready for the tour to go elsewhere. So excited for this week, but also excited for it to be over. Your defending champion is Sam Burns, the guy who burned my brother, pun intended, last week with an awful Sunday. And I, I will say some notable withdrawals. I mean, Paul Casey withdrew after going wire I and mean, trying to, you know, get himself into contention on Sunday and had the worst lie of all time. I've never seen anything like it. Probably screwed himself out of the tournament there, even though, I mean, it was a part five. He had a layup either way, but he had a chance to go for it, give himself a chance for the win. But he withdrew. But we're still looking at a beautiful, beautiful field. We don't usually see this at the Valles Bar. We've got. It's star-studded, starting with JT, Dustin Johnson, Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Louis, Xander, Burns, Lowry, Fitz. I mean, this is probably one of the best fields the Valspar has ever fielded. Any thoughts before we talk about the course about the Valspar Championship and how you may be looking to build your card this week?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of more the same. On the PGA Tour, this is more of like that traditional setup, but I'm going to be looking for just a lot of long irons. This course is a little different than most. It's a par 71. Normally that would mean that's three par fives. Not the case this week. Still four par fives, but there's an extra par three. All the par threes over, I think, 190 in yards this week. So five par threes over 190 and four par fives. So you're going to have to do your scoring on those par fives, and you're going to have to tread water. And just try not to lose strokes on those long par threes. So, i am really be looking for long iron play this week. I kind of wish Tom Hogie was playing, even though he let us down last week at the Players. But this would be his bread and butter from that distance. But as you'll see with some of my plays, really going to be focused on uh, long iron play and All par right. five scoring. So well, me.
0: let's jump into our course preview. So, the 22 Valspar Championship is going to be played at the Innisbrook Resort. But the course, this is the Copperhead course. It comes in weighing in, weighing in at, fighting out of the blue corner, coming in at 7,340 yards. It's a par 71 played on Bermuda grass greens. It is the Copperhead course at the Valspar Championship. Our previous winners here, Sam Burns, minus 17 last year. They didn't play in 2020 due to COVID, but Paul Kesey had won back-to-back events prior to that, minus 8 and minus 10. Hadwin, Adam Hadwin, the Canadian, decided to come down here and reign terror. This is Canadian season down here in Florida, if you're unaware. During the winter, they always all flock down to Florida, especially South Florida, because the golf is pristine while it is winter time up there. So it makes a lot of sense that he has prevailed. Casey as well from England. And then before that, Charles Schwartzer at minus seven. And 2015, Jordan Spieth with that unbelievable playoff win over Patrick Reed. And do you remember? Trivia question. What was a playoff. Patrick Reed, Justin Tom, or Jordan Spieth
1: yeah no, I don't I have no idea
0: I'm pretty positive it was Bill Haas
1: hmm huh. interesting a guy who's played pretty well here
0: all right let's get into our course notes we've got five par 3s as my brother has alluded to they look like they're all going to be playing about 200 plus yards or more trust me we'll be factoring in par 3 scoring especially long irons into my model this week that leads me right into what my next bullet point was, which is long irons will prevail here. 46% of approach shots come from 175 or more yards. Pretty interesting fact. Four par fours between 400 and 450 yards. So good looking for guys to attack there. But that's interesting because although that sounds like it could be a shorter hole, it's not necessarily always that way because of the way that this course is tree-lined and the fact that you're going to have to shot shape, a lot of guys will be taking irons and woods off of the tee, and they will not be going with the driver to club down course. It actually ranks as one of the tour events on the season that has 10 less yards off the tee than the average tour course, so not a lot of distance to be at here. But honestly, missing fairways isn't a big deal. The rough isn't really too penile, which is kind of why I actually like some of the bombers this week, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But like I talked about, shot shaping course, you got to be good with your irons. The most infamous, this, infamous thing. please. Infamous, infamous thing. I don't know why that was so hard to say. You're like speaking a different language. Yeah. The most infamous. It's because <laughs> it's all such alliteration. The most infamous thing you'll see from the snake trap, the snake pit. Oh, sorry. man, you're rattled. The most infamous thing you'll hear them talk about on the coverage is the Snake Pit, the infamous Snake Pit, which is holes 16, 17, and 18, Three of the six hardest courses of the week. All three of them have an 18% or more bogey average. So this is very similar to two weeks ago with the Honda Classic where we talked about the bear trap where a lot of guys can fall into trouble. If you want to watch a really fun back nine on a Sunday, Saturday, whatever it is. Actually, I'd say a Friday and a Sunday when you got the sweat cut and got guys in contention the snake pit 16 17 18 is where it's all going to come down to and trust me coverage will tell you all about that they love talking about it the snakes knit as i apparently like to call it so there are four par fives the four easiest holes on the courses actually the first hole is a par five hole number one averages 40 percent birdies so certainly if prize picks puts that open, then we'll be looking at hole one, but either way, if you see your guys start off really hot, and he started off on the front nine instead of the back nine, if they do split tees, don't get too excited, it's the easiest hole on the course, driving distance, 10 yards shorter than the average of event, I talked about this already, but this is a club down, hit fairways, and be good with your long iris type event, and we will move on to the weather, thank god, I can Take the tab, I hope, off off of my computer screen from what happened last week. Guess what? I was pretty much wrong the whole time anyways because you can't predict Florida weather. But as of now, we're predicting phenomenal weather. There could be some wind shifts. Jared may talk about that when it comes to first-round leaders. There could be some early winds or late winds that pick up throughout the day. But no rain is projected, so don't worry about a Monday finish this week. That being said let's jump into my model this week my model this week consists of approach play par fours within 400 at 450 yards i love driving distance this week i don't think a lot of people are going to put much emphasis into it but i think the bombers are going to have a much better chance bomb and gouge guys like dj who i love but gotta even though i didn't bet him but i'll talk about that you gotta love guys like a bomb and gouge i think that Strokes gain around the green is going to be huge here. Short game in general is just going to be massive. Opportunities gained. I I love to weigh this as a as a metric in my model every week, and basically just tells you that guys that give themselves opportunities to scores, so to score. So why wouldn't you want a guy like that? So always looking for opportunities gained. Stroke gain par three and strokes gain on putting on Bermuda. I talked. For far too long. Jared, I can already tell he's shaking his head. He's like, Can you, sh- this kid, shut up? All right, outright, bedtime, baby. Let's see what you got. Start us off because apparently in our Discord chat, Jared Plotnik is dipping below 20 to 1, maybe for the first time this year?
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, still hasn't been official, so I'm not going to uh, lie to our listeners. Look, I mean, if you follow us elsewhere, social media, Discord, whatever, you're going to get my – you'll see my final picks, what I decide on. But long story short, I am waiting. I still don't really know yet. As of now, it's 6 o'clock Wednesday night. We have a long five-hour flight to Vegas for me to finalize. What I want to do here, but I'm between three guys at the top, don't know where I want to go. But, Brandon, I think I'm leaning towards, for the first time ever, call it a feeling, but it fits all my key stats I think I'm going to start as of right now. If a gun was to my head, I'm starting my card with Colin Morikawa at 12 to one at the top of the board. Wow! I don't think I've ever gone uh, below 15. I've sometimes trickled to 18. I've never seen you go below 16. Yeah, I don't. Th- I, honestly, Brandon, we've been talking about we're we're always going to get burned by like four or five times a year by someone at the top of the board. No one from the top of the board has yet to win a tournament this year. And I think it's this time. Honestly, I love JT too. I'm just not going to get there at 10. But at 12 with Morikawa, I'm hoping we get a little drift here because I'm not seeing really anyone talk about betting on Morikawa. Um, hopefully, if I can get a 13 or 14, I'll, I'll jump all over that for sure. But Morikawa just fits everything I'm looking for on this course. I alluded to it a little earlier, and I want guys that are really strong with their long irons, and uh, there's not a better iron player in the world than Colin Morikawa. So we'll, we'll put that out there. Him... I think he surpassed Justin Thomas as the best iron player in the world. And uh, on top of that he ranks number one in par five scoring, Brandon. Those are the two main things I'm looking for this week. And the one thing you gotta love about Colin, he's just heckling dry with that putter. I don't care if he's this is the week that he loses six strokes putting, because we're looking for either a win or nothing. So that what Colin's really good at is just putting together a hot putter, uh, random weeks, random spike weeks like he did at the Genesis. He gained almost seven strokes putting, led to a second finish. Whenever he has, I mean, the CJ Cup uh, back in November, he gained four strokes putting, comes in second. Whenever he gains strokes putting, he finishes near the top. Memorial, five and a half, second. <laughs> WGC Mexico for first this is just what he does, the open you know, we don't have the stats for it, but he won and his putter was on fire, and actually that was his last win so we're, we're actually coming up on now uh, almost 9 months that Colin Morikawa hasn't had a PGA Tour win that changes this week Colin Morikawa wins this tournament and I'm going to take him at 12-1 to I just talked myself into taking him I was, I was between him, Xander, and Brooks uh, how I was going to finalize my card and I just talked myself into Morikawa so, can
0: you tell me this, if you know this off the top of your head? Is he in the a.m. or p.m. wave?
1: Well, that's the only thing that scares me. He's in the a.m. wave, so... Uh, Shit,
0: because I was going to say, I would have loved to take him live at mm-hmm. a good 16 or 20 to 1 if he was in the afternoon wave.
1: I know, me too. That's That was the one reason, actually, that Xander entered the, the talk for me. Even though 22 to 1, you know I don't like taking him, but now they're actually hanging fair numbers on him for a change instead of him constantly being 16 to 1 when he never wins. Now 22-1 and he goes in the afternoon wave, I think I may – I mean, it's going to be – I don't have much room with uh, putting uh, more cow on my card for much live bets. But I'd be eyeing uh, Xander at if he drifts to like a 25 or whatnot. But uh, You know what? There's two
0: things you brought up that I want to discuss, especially for all of our followers out there. The first thing is you talked about that nobody at the top has won yet this year. Let's go back to the first tournament of the year, really, which is the Century Tournament of Champions. Cam Smith wins, but he wasn't really projected to win whatsoever. He had to be at least 30 He was 30 projected to, up to win by me, because I took him, and he was 22-1. to 22-1. Okay, so there you go. Then you got Hideki Matsuyama at Sony. He had to be above 20 He 20 was like 25-28, something like that. Luke List, Tom Hoagie, Scotty Scheffler at Waste Management, Neiman, Straka, Scheffler again. Scheffler at API but may have
1: been the only one that was under 20 to 1. No, he was up at like 20 No, because the field was loaded, not, right? Yeah, no one wanted to take him because it was so good. Rom's been in so many of these fields. He's been at like 8 to 1 every single tournament. I'm just saying none of the favorites, like the guys at like 10 to 1 or 8 to 1, have won yet, which is going to happen, but it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, this season was my point. You've had you just no, mentioned no, like no. four guys. T- no, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm saying you just mentioned four guys in the twenty to thirty range that have won, which is normally the the range we like to bet in. I'm just saying there, there's gonna a week soon. <laughs> one of these top guys wins, then I think it's gonna be this week. Okay, well I can dig it because guess what?
0: That feeds into my first pick of the week, which is. Going back to the split-tooth, Louis Tyson Guys, I swear to God, this is four episodes in a row. Oh, and man. And I'm a five-man guy. So, because I love five guys. If you've ever had the burger place, it's a great burger joint in South Florida. Five guys. But if he doesn't win this week, and then we go to the match play next week, and he doesn't win, I'm out on Louis. But I'm going to take Louis at 20-1 to 1 here. I just can't. Get rid of the numbers. The numbers just look good every fucking week. In the last fifty rounds, he ranks seventh on approach, eighth in strokes gained around and short game, fifteenth on approach. In his last four finishes here at the Valspar are an eighth, a second, a sixteenth, and a seventh. He owns this course. He's on fire right now. I don't know why I shouldn't be taking him. I just don't. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> I, because mean. I, I, I'm not gonna do what I did with uh, Scheffler, and I've got FOMO bet guys. Look, everybody out there, if you don't know this by now, if you love a guy, just like we do with Mito Pereira, always put him on your card, no matter what. Just always do it. Even you got a guy at the top of the board, it's called a FOMO bet. Guess what? You love somebody, you've got faith in them. Not every single week you're gonna hit a winner, and you're not gonna hit that guy every time. But you just be consistent and maybe you'll find the right time, the right track for it to happen. To me, Louis stands out based off his course history in the last four years here. Based off of his recent form, playing a lot of golf. He's not having back issues. He's above 20-1. to one. I'll take Louis ties as my first bet. And then my second bet is, you already spoke about him. Hopefully we can get an even better line because I will surely double down. But we're taking Xander Shoffley. Yeah, broken record, guys. I'm well aware I have talked him up the last few weeks as well. Honestly, last if I years. if I could have, I would have duplicated duplicated my card from last week at the players to this week at the fouls bar. It would have been DJ, Brooks, Xander, and some long shots. And, but I couldn't get on DJ at the number that they gave me. They all three played in the wave that got... 50 mile per hour hour winds, and absolutely destroyed by the rain. They got completely screwed, all of them. So half my card was wiped out before I could even do anything. Luckily, I had a pony at the end, but it didn't really mean anything. Xander was one of those guys that got screwed last week in the bad wave. He's never played here before, which is fine with me. His game fits perfectly. He ranks number seven in my model in the last 50 rounds based off all the key metrics. Xander Shoffley, above 20 to 1. I'm usually going to bite on that every time.
1: Yeah, I figured as much. Um, yeah, you do you. What works for you? He'll win eventually. Maybe by the time he's fifty. Um, but do you
0: say this, but then you take guys in the same situation? All yeah, the but time. I don't take
1: them every single time like you do. That's the difference.
0: Because that, that's the key to win. I did that with now forever, finally. And you know what? I hit him at fifty to one when his drops, when his lines completely dropped. And guess what? That made up for a year of betting on him.
1: Yeah, well, if the people that have, doing, have been doing that with Louis Ustaisen in the last nine years <laughs> are never <laughs> going to recover. Start, I, I, this is my first so, year on Louis. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but look, you can't, in the outright market, you can't be making, it doesn't really matter what they've done in the past. It's all about this week. So uh, to me, it's truly useless to be like, Louis hasn't won in 10 years. Well, it doesn't matter. Is he going to win this week or not? So, yeah,
0: But can they win on you as soil? That's a different storyline.
1: No. Well, I mean, everyone said that about Scheffler, and they won twice in three weeks. So, um, that said, they said Scheffler could have. Doesn't matter. Just winning in general. I was not responding to your U.S. soil comment. I was just talking about winning in general.
0: I'm just saying you're the one with the narrative that these guys can't win on U.S. soil. Well,
1: the narrative is correct. Speaking of guys that can't win on U.S. soil,
0: Uh, oh, you're gonna take Tommy Fleetwood, please. I'm
1: begging you. Can I talk, Brandon? That's what I thought. Guys that can't... You think I'm ever fucking betting on Tommy Fleetwood? You're out of your <laughs> right mind. Um, guys that can't win on U.S. Oil, though. And we're going back to the well for the third time in four, four events, even though one of them got uh, postponed because he withdrew. We're going with Matthew Fitzpatrick Again. at 25-1. Oh, back- so
0: this is talking about guys that can't win on U.S. Oil because you've been talking about this for that, the last month. That was my point. Okay. That's,
1: that's why I said that. I understand. Um... And I've, it's only the second time i bet on him. But Fitzpatrick, very short track, uh, like l- longevity of playing on you. soil, he didn't really – he hasn't been doing much. And he's a different player now. Really good player. I told you, look, I'm going back to the narrative. Uh, I'm going with what my handicap is, par-5 scoring. And he's number two in the field behind Morikawa in par-5 scoring this year on the PGA Tour. So I like how he sets up. He's playing really well. If he has um, – I mean, he hits a ton of fairways, which you want to do here at this course – trouble lurks everywhere and what where do I love I mean the reason why I'm taking the same guys these last four weeks are because all these Florida courses are essentially the same it's you're gonna they're tough courses you're not gonna have birdie fests you're gonna have to scramble get up and down from around the green make putts that's what Fitzpatrick does the best and hits fairways and takes apart these par fives if you've been listening to the show I've said enough about Fitzpatrick and his game you should understand why I'm taking this pick so Fitzpatrick 25 to 1 is next on my card
0: I might be adding Fitzpatrick live if I could get a good number above 30 to 1. I don't think 25 to 1 is deserving of a guy who's never won on the PGA Tour. Just my opinion, but just throwing it out there. I still like the bet. I think that his game fits here perfectly. A guy that's going to hit fairways, he can make birdies, but guess what? He can also avoid bogeys. And like I talked about at the beginning, it's something important to think about. The past winners dating back to 2015 the aggregate score of them is about minus 10 so you know it's not going to be like a crazy birdie fest don't expect that if you are then you are mistaken but what i will do is go into my next pick and that's why i'm going to go with my third outright bet as sugar tits shane lowry at 23 to 1 he's ranking number one in my model in the last 50 rounds his whole game is in perfect form right now. He ranks first in par fours from 400 to 450 yards, fourth in opportunities gained, fourth in approach, twentieth on par three scoring, twenty eighth in short game scoring. I mean, the guy is unreal, and he's coming in in unbelievable form. He finished thirteenth at the Players, finished second in API. Shane Lowry. If the wind picks up, is there any guy I trust more? Then Sugar Titch, Shane Lowry. I know you were on him. He burns you, but guess what? It's my time. You got the burns out of you with with uh Sam Burns. Now the burns are gone. We're gonna go to Sugar Titch Shane Lowry at twenty-three to one. Next up on my board, I'm I am i gonna keep going back to it because I he, the guy is a bona fide winner. That's Brooks Kepka at thirty-five to one. This number, to me, makes absolutely no sense. I don't need to give you guys any statistical analysis on this whatsoever. If you can find a Brooksy above 35-1, to you take it every time at a field like this. The guy loves playing in Florida. I mean, he doesn't have great Florida wins or anything like that, but trust me, that'll come in due time. I love that he's playing so much. I think that that's... It's a narrative that nobody's really talking about. Why is, and we talked about this last week, why is Brooks playing so much? He's going to play this week. He's going to play next week at the WGC. He may take a week off at the Valero and then go play the, the, uh, the Masters. That's my assumption. So either way, I love how much he's playing. I think guys that are playing a lot is always a good sign, especially a guy of his caliber. He's undervalued at 35-1. to 1. No stats need to be said. Give me Brooks at 35-1. to 1.
1: No stats need to be said. You said it. Um, and yeah, shout out Sugar Tits for blowing my ticket at the Honda. Should have been a nice winner, but yeah, understand uh, all I the reasons. Think. A lot of people on Lowry this weekend, rightfully so.
0: Well, the weather fucked, fucked everything.
1: But. Yeah, so did his missed four-footer on number nine. But <laughs> besides the points... Uh, so since I started my card, I mean, like I told you, I was debating, so haven't officially bet on more Cal, even though I talked myself into it here, but also to him, Xander, Brooks missed my card, a few others I liked, but since I have a guy at 12 to one and 25 to one, that's it for my card at the top. Um, so I just well, have three long shots on my card past hundred to one and we're going to just start. What, what would you like to say, Brandon?
0: Well, let me get to my one guy below hundred to one before he gets to the hundred to one section. I mean, it makes sense. We'll talk about the 100 to 1s, the long shots, once we get there. My last guy, below 50 to 1, I'm going to go with Bubba Watson at 45 to 1. Talk about a guy, we always talk about this on golf piece of the Plautonics and just in general. Bubba plays well at certain tracks. He finished 14th last year, he finished 4th in 2019. He's only played here three times. This is a courses for the horses bet. I love his shot shaping ability off the tee. his irons with the tree line course, his driving distance is an awful advantage to attack, especially with all the four easy part fives being the easiest courses on or easiest holes on the course. Bubba forty-five to one after a solid finish last week at the players, which is a course that has given him trouble in his whole career, and I'm getting him at forty-five to one. I love Bubba Watson, 45 to 1. Now, let's move on to the triple digits because I don't—I didn't see any value from the 50 to 1 to 100 to 1 mark.
1: Well, to each their own. I mean, I was, it's a lot of guys that they're, they're getting some steam catching on with some people this week. And when I was looking at it, just no one really jumped out to me in that range that I normally love pounding, which is that 30 to 70 range. But... Just with, like, Gary Woodland getting a lot of traction down to, like, 45-1. to one. I'm not pulling up there. Keegan getting a lot of love down to 40-1. to one. Kokrak has a good history here down to 35-1, to one, but his poor driving last week when he was in the good wave kind of scares me off. Webb banged up. Um, everyone loving Russell Knox. and, uh, and I, and I ha- love
0: all those guys as, like, draft kings and maybe top 20 plays, but to win the tournament? It's know. not
1: even just about, I mean, I'd be fine taking Keegan to win just at – 80 to 1, not 40 to 1. That's just my personal prerogative. So, but yeah, each their I, own. I, I, I pray. I, actually,
0: can you can we just do this while we're on the show? Can you bet Keegan Bradley so that when we're in Vegas this weekend, I can watch you on Sunday, watch you sweat Keegan Bradley try to make putts to win this tournament? Please.
1: I mean, he did solid last week. If he didn't have a two stroke penalty, he probably would have won the tournament. But that's besides the point. Uh, speaking of Keegan, though, I, I will bet him, just not the way you're asking. I'll be taking him first round leader. As we'll get to later. And you guess what? When I hit him first round leader, I didn't realize it was a year ago today. Hit him at the Velspar. He was first round leader here last year. He, I think he's finished... He's been in the top six after the first round here in like five five years. It's crazy what he's done here in the first round. But um, getting back to my point, though, outrights, I decided those two guys at the top of the card and then just take three guys uh, in the hundreds. And you know where I'm starting. Not much has to be said. Mito Pereira, 125-1 to one, I got him at. And I'm just... Look, the one stat that I haven't really mentioned with the two other guys, but yeah, the three main stats I'm looking for: par five scoring, um, iron play for long approaches over 175 uh, yards, and bogey avoidance. And his bogey avoidance is great. The ball striking's there. He just the putters just abandoned him recently. Look, at 125 to one, I'm not going to fret that. I'm going back to the well with Mito Pereira.
0: Guess what? To me, I, I, this is one of those that I'm lining up every single week as a FOMO bet. I'll be Almito Pereira as well at 125-1. to one. He ranks number 6 in my model in the last 50 rounds. In that span, he ranks 9th on approach, 10th in opportunities gained. Look, he finally found something with his putter. Something got lost. He's bled two strokes putting in the last two events by over two strokes. But... Positive regression coming. He had been gaining on his putting the last six events before that. Positive regression is coming. Mito one twenty-five to one. This seems like a tournament that nobody's thinking about because we got a WGC and the Masters coming up, with everybody overlooking it. Mito one hundred twenty-five to one. I actually love this bet.
1: Yeah, as you should. I mean. Just uh, as much as we love it, I'll make sure not to be watching Stat Tracker and his uh, m- um his miss five, <laughs> <footer after laughs> five, five footer after five footer after five footer. That just yeah, you're right. I will be watching, but um, <laughs> uh, that's just that's just part of the game. You, you go with it. So we'll go with Mito there, and uh, we'll see what happens. Next at 130 to one, shouldn't be a surprise again. A guy I've been betting a lot, and he's he's been toying with us. He, he gets to the top of leaderboard and then ejects. But he's just too good of a player to be this long of a number. You can't tell me Keegan Bradley's 40 to 1 and this guy's 130 to 1. We're going back to the pasta boy, Francesco Molinari. Headed Lovely. back to him. Guy is just gaining all across the board. He, I mean, he fits everything I love here. If you're talking about long irons, Francesco Molinari's is one of the best long iron players in the world still, even as he's regressed over the last couple of years. Finally gained off the tee last week. He's really, really good at uh, at hitting fairways. So. We want Molinari to hit fairways for us, use those long irons. And if we can just get a hot putter out of him, I mean, he's gained a stroke and a half or more in four of his last five events with the short stick. So feeling good with the putter. He was I mean, he was three off the lead making the turn on, uh, I guess, the third round last week of the players. So give me a Frenchman.
0: Yeah, if you're talking about DraftKings, I mean, we're looking at a 4.8% ownership on Francesco Molinari at only a $7,500 price mark. I love Frenchie and DraftKings this week.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, last but not not least, just a number uh, that I like. There's really no stats here. He kind of popped a few weeks ago at 180-1, to though. I think this guy's going to win this year, just a matter of when or where. We're going with Saeed Figala. 180-1, to wasn't very good last week, but this feels like the type of course for me where he comes to play. He's kind of erratic with the driver, but tends to be good uh, with those irons and the, the short game that I love. Gets up and down, really good putter. Kind of a, uh, I, guess I wanted to say a mini Matt Fitzpatrick, but he's a lot bigger than Fitzpatrick. So a mini big Matt Fitzpatrick that uh, I like at a Figala at a long number. I'm going to be taking him at long numbers if we keep getting him pr- pretty much the rest of the year until he... Gets that win. Um, I'm wrapping up my card with Sahid Tigala.
0: I'll tell you what. I've got a few concerns with Sahid Tegala. The one event that he's finished top 10 in since going back to November of 2021 was the Phoenix Open where he finished third. But he only gained point eight strokes off the tee. It was 3.8 strokes on approach that really saved him. He's lost on his approach in three straight events. He's lost seven strokes on his putting in the last two weeks, especially in the Florida swing. He hasn't finished top 25 besides the Farmers except for that Phoenix Open win when he gained five strokes putting. The the approach numbers just aren't there for me. He's only gained on his around the greens twice in the last six weeks. I believe that there is something to be had with sahih tagala but he's more of a top 20 slash matchup slash <coughs> first round leader for me so that'll wrap up our outright card let's move it to our matchups as i talked about everybody i had a great week last week that puts me all the time at 14 nine and two and you know me and my brother we always love our underdog. So if I'm 14.92, that means that we are up at least four units. My first bet will start with, guess what? It's my loan bet. I talked about it on Bet the Farm podcast. If you want my full handicap, guess what? This is my plug. Go listen to there. Louis over Xander. Minus one hundred five. Ustas and Over Shoffley minus one hundred five. It's the only matchup I'm going to take this week in a, a full turning matchup. That's it. I'm going to leave it right there, and I'm going to let the farmer do his his job, which is to, if all things go wrong, supplement your losses with wins.
1: Yeah, interesting tactic. Going uh, betting a, against an outright pick of yours. Uh, interesting. But that said, this week, look, I play the matchups. I took, I took both of them, buddy. I know, but I'm saying you're betting against the guy you took out right. I saying. know. That's a win-win. Um, so uh, normally with my matchups, it really just depends on um, the week. and, and re- uh, There's no set number. Last week I think I had 10 outrights or 10 matchups. Uh, this week I only like three. There's only three out there. Um, I didn't really want to go against uh, a few. Some of the guys I was targeting personally to bet on were going against guys that I didn't want to go against. So I laid off. So we're three matchups, and we're starting with Justin Thomas minus 120 over Victor Hovland. Nothing scarier than fading Victor Hovland, especially after gaining 14 and a half strokes ball striking last week at the Players. But uh, I, I just love the way JT sets up for this. I couldn't, as I said earlier, couldn't get to him at 10 to 1 for my outright card, but I wanted a little exposure to him, so I'll be taking him at DraftKings, and I will be taking him in this matchup over Victor. Hovland who scares me here where I think you're gonna need some short game, and he is literally like the the worst chipper on the PJ Tour So I think he'll bleed some strokes there and JT will be able to capture that one uh, I'm going Brooks plus 115 over uh, Kokrak I told you uh, I was worried about Kokrak for he lost two and a half strokes off the tee Last week at the players and Brooks. I'm completely throwing out what happened with him last week That's why I almost took him this week to win but I, uh, I decided, I guess, right now that I'm going more Cal instead. But now I'm getting Brooks at plus 115 over Kokrak when he's a better golfer overall. Yeah, I'll take that plus money all day. And last but not least, Adam Hadwin, plus 105 over Russell Knox. Hadwin's irons have been looking great. His game is trending up. He won here in 2017. I get all the Knox love, but I'm getting plus money with a guy that's a better golfer and, uh, in my opinion, in better overall form. So those are my three matchups of the week.
0: Wow. Great to see you go from 10 matchups a week to three matchups a week. That's how you guys know he's locked in and ready to go. So make sure that you guys tail those three matchups. But let's move on to our first-round leaders. Jared, I know that you are a guy who is privy on looking at the AM-PM wave. Can you give give any insight so far as to what we're expected to see?
1: Yeah, that was one thing. I kind of was maybe leaning to taking Xander instead over... Uh, over Morikawa, because was going off early. One thing I saw is that wins on Friday in the afternoon are going to be picking up into the uh, high 10s, high teens, uh, and the 20s, whereas Thursday all day and Friday morning, there's really nothing. It's going to be just uh, a dart fest. So um, if anything, if you're between two golfers and it's really a coin flip, I'd say target PM to AM guys. They're going to get a little more favorable of a draw than the AM-PM guys.
0: All right, well, I will rattle off my first round leaders. I know Jared has his own little algorithm as to how he likes to do it. Guess what? We're not the same people. We do our own things. I'm going to start it off with Louie at 30 to 1. I mean, one thing we know about Louie, that guy goes early and often. So, I like him at 30 to 1. Keegan 45 to 1. Hopefully, you got a better line than I did, but we're definitely taking Keegan first round leader. No doubt in my mind. On top of that, Gotta love guys that can score. Give me Bubba Watson forty-five to one. In a, in a what is an opportunity for a big short game fest where making big puffs and making chip ins could be the factor. Give me Mackenzie Hughes, the Canadian, at fifty-six to one. I told you guys it's Canadian swing here in Florida. So make sure you are riding the Canadians. This is my one chance to get on top of that, that's Mackenzie Hughes at 56 to 1. And lastly, bring me down South Under, but not where you think I'm going. No, we're going to Colombia. No, sorry, I think it's Venezuelan, <laughs> Guzzi. That's Johnny Vegas, baby, 60 to 1. First round leader. He's Venezuelan, right? Their, he is, he is. Their he is flags are the same colors. It's impossible. Like, honestly, what, what are they thinking? Like those flags are literally. What
1: flags are the same?
0: No, they're not the same. They just have the same colors. Yeah, which ones? Oh, Colombia and Venezuela.
1: Okay, I thought you were I thought for a second you said Argentina. I was gonna rip you a new one. But no. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. I can't answer that. I'm here for golf, not what flags or what colors, Brandon. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alright, first round leaders, here we go. I only got three for you this week, and we are starting, and guess what, like always, and I'm keeping track of this, I'm going to make notice of it every week because you think I'm crazy, but ever since we kept track of me thinking that the first round leader, 75% of the time, comes from the early wave, it's three and one so far since I've kept track that it's come from the early wave, so um, the premise behind it again, for those that haven't heard... It tends to be a little less windy in the morning than the afternoons. So the first-round leader tends to come from the morning waves, in my personal opinion. Brandon doesn't agree, but it is what it is. That's why we're going to keep track of it, and we'll see how it goes. But, yes, I, uh, as I mentioned earlier and as you just mentioned, we're going Keegan Bradley here. Uh, what did you say, 45 to 1? Yep. All right. Keegan Bradley, 45 to 1. Lock it in. I'm actually going – Um, I lied. I-, I changed my mind already. I'm already adding because I forgot that he was in the early wave and I didn't put him in yet. So I'm going with Aaron Wise. 60-1, to as always. Um, we just need to get that putter going. Next, we're going at 80-1. to Patton Kazire. Guy has been birdying up the ass and Great Bermuda putter. Guy had 10 birdies uh, on Sunday. Well, I guess it was Monday, sorry. On Monday, final round at the players. 10 birdies. Got over, just like Cam Smith had. So, guy's birding a lot right now. Playing some great golf. Last but not least, goes off early. Kramer Hickok at 110-1. to Guy's been striking the ball great and is a good putter. So, those are my four. First round leader picks for the week.
0: All right, everybody. Well, guess what? That'll do it for this edition of Golf Picks for the Plotniks. We are headed to Vegas for March Madness. We cannot dive deep into some DraftKings ownerships with you and give you some of our top values. Hey, if you want to know a little bit more, go follow us in the Discord at the Establish the Run NBA Sweats Discord account. We will be there. You can always reach out to us directly. Obviously, we have our website, betthefarmpod.com. You guys are all free to be a part of our family. But guess what? For now, we got a lot of shit to do. So with that being said, that'll do it for this edition of Golf Picks of the Pod. Next, Valspar Championship 2022. Good luck luck to all. Everybody.